it. It is time indeed for our weekly political panel, and it has, uh, well, been a fairly rowdy week in the House. Here's a taste. Does the Prime Minister or the Acting Prime Minister agree with David Seymour that, quote, you can't trust Winston Peters and a lot of things will be much, much harder than they otherwise would and that Winston Peters is, quote, just a muppet. The problem is he can't work with anyone. The good news is he's going down in flames. He's yesterday's man. And if not, why not? Because um, even politically, as as the good book says, nobody's beyond redemption. You don't shout out like some bunch of clowns at university. No, no, no. On the marae, Megan, you keep quiet. We're going to bring rigour and common sense to the hysteria surrounding climate change. We are not going to meet the 2030 dreamy fairy tale aspirational figures. Is he embarrassed by the statements of the Minister of Resources that, quote, one of the great lies about climate change is that, yes, apparently it's a crisis? Climate change is a crisis. We're not weakening our actions on climate change. We're just going about it a different way. Well, adding to all that this morning, Senior Labour MP and former Party Deputy Leader Kelvin Davis has announced he's quitting politics, effective on Waitangi Day on February 6th. For more now, we're joined by RNZ political reporter Annika Smith and staff political editor Luke Melpis. Kia ora, welcome to you both. Morning. Good morning. Annika, let's start first with a little bit of a what we thought, how that things played out in Parliament this week, uh, the first real week where we saw them go toe-to-toe. Did any blows land from the opposition? How do you think the uh, the government fared? Yeah, question time was, was pretty rowdy this week. Um, on Tuesday, Christopher Luxon was in Australia for a short trip for his daughter's graduation, so we saw Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters in, in the hot seat as acting Prime Minister, and it was pretty feisty stuff in question time. We saw sort of a sustained attack from both Labour and the Greens, putting some of Winston Peters' previous quotes to him. Nothing really stuck. He was sharp, quick-witted, really quick on his feet, and it was a, it was a really feisty um, question time, series of questions. Yeah, I watched that, Luke, and you have to admit, he he was very strong in in the House, wasn't he? It's a good reminder that when he's on, Winston Peters is one of the great parliamentary debaters, probably in New Zealand history. And um, and clearly he brings with him um, a determination from New Zealand first that they are going to do everything they can to heckle, berate and... um, undermined both the Party Māori and the Greens, and they're on a mission to do that in the next three years. Shane Jones was also clearly relishing being back in Parliament, uh, starting a real fight with the environmental issues and climate change, all the while uh, Simon Watts is over in uh, Dubai trying to um, push for some firmer action there uh, on, on climate change. How did that go down? That's right, Ingrid. It was Shane Jones made some really interesting comments in the House earlier this week when he was he was talking about New Zealand's climate change um, policy programme and said it had been driven by, quote, climate hysteria. Now, as you said, this is at a time when New Zealand is being represented by Simon Watts at COP28. New Zealand has been awarded Fossil of the Day Award um, for the new government's uh, reversal of the the, um, ban on drilling for new oil and gas uh, mines. And the language is really interesting. Shane Jones talked about climate hysteria. 
He also said we won't meet our, quote, 2030 dreamy fairy tale aspirational figures. And this sort of blew up. I think it was initially interpreted as New Zealand walking away from its obligations under the Paris Agreement, when in actual fact he was making a finer point on opposing Labour's 2030 renewable energy goal. But that language, dreamy fairy tale and hysteria, it is deliberate and it does have implications. Christopher Luxon has said there's no room for climate denialism or minimalism in 2023, so it may prove a challenge for him in terms of managing you know his front bench going forward the issue luke of the economy back in focus Mm -hmm. very much and i wonder much more comfortable ground for the government this week after the protests last week and the issues around Mm -hmm. smoking you get weirdly that the bad gdp figures have bolstered their case in some ways for what they're trying to do they've argued that it was bad and then the ferry as well, a bit of a line in the sand. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, the um, uh, as you say, the, there were some revisions made to um, the growth numbers for the last three or four quarters, and basically, you know, New Zealand's been in a, in a, in a bit of a deeper hole than was, than was previously thought. The economy's contracting, particularly on a per-person basis, which is, which is what matters for kind of, um, you know, um, each person's wealth. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's been down, I think, 0.9% for the year. Um, but, yeah, the biggest, look, the, uh, the Inter-Islander this week, Huge decision for the government. Um, Nicola Willis, Wellington local. In 2026, when these new ferries were supposed to arrive, there would have been a great ribbon cutting for the government. Would have been terrific. But um, essentially, the the view from the government is that the costs have blown out so much. Nicola Willis didn't even think it would come in for three billion. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big call to basically can the project. Without without much to replace but it. What a psychological message that sends mm. to all other contracts. Everything. I mean, they've got the Scott Base one to deal with as well. But yes. it just sends a very strong signal, doesn't it? It does they, across the across the entire sector. Because I, I I don't think I, I I think very few people across the sector, um, uh, outside of those with special knowledge of how of how kind of um, much it had blown out would have thought that this would have been the sort of project that would have been cancelled. So no, no one no one's pet projects are safe. Anything that's out of line with the with the with the new regime could be could be up for the cut. So I think it, it sends a very powerful message. Mm. I mean it's a great sector. it's a great narrative for them as the prudent new government, but they've got a huge headache now, haven't they, in terms of a government that has talked about you know, the integrity of the infrastructure, there are implications for productivity, freight, exports, all those kind of things. I mean there's a, a gaping hole to be filled now too, isn't there? Very much so, Ingrid. And the, in terms of, I mean, Luke said there, that's a really big call for the new government to make. The government's going to have to make a lot of big calls this term. There's a lot of big decisions looming around the corner. We have um, that big report on what's needed in terms of investment and defence. We might have to replace, or we do have to replace, pretty much all of our ships in the next 10 years. That means decisions, multi-billion dollar decisions need to be made this term. And that's in the face of, of, of the current sort of economic situation. The government has sort of dampened expectations that spending would rise to 2% of GDP in line with our allies. But this is all stuff that is right around the corner at the time in which the government is trying to draw back public spending. Mm. They I have think, picked I, a lot of fights. This is the interesting thing that's evolved over the last two weeks. You've got this now environmentalist Shane Jones has been going at. You've got the issues around the smoking. You've got the issues around the Māori protests we saw as well. And the unions with the fair pay repeal as well. So they've got a lot of fronts yeah, and, and they've been given the mandate to fight those fronts. They 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 were elected. Um, National was. You elected. think they were uh, were prepared for the level of pushback on those issues or not? 
I think in a way it probably validates their, their policy platforms. They, they knew exactly what they were doing going into the election with these, these policies and, and they're pushing forward. Yeah. I, I think David Seymour has, has said, you know, almost sort of indicated he relishes in the fact that, you know, there's going to be this big um, Maori um, hui next year and, and there'll be an open dialogue about his policies. So I think they've sort of almost embraced it in a way. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that, um, from Chris Luxon on down, government ministers have been saying over the last week is there's a new government, and we were mm. we were we were elected on doing a bunch of different things to the old government, and uh, and there's a lot of uh, people who are pretty upset about that uh, and haven't kind of come to terms with it, and so I think that will I mean that kind of feeling will very much be the mood music over the over the next few years, and I think the political left has been trying to get itself organised, you know, sort of make the make the government look in, in, in disarray. But I mean, there was a fair pay agreements protest at the front of Parliament the other day, and I think there were ninety people there or something like that. So, you know, they haven't. It's interesting because there's a bit of protesting, but really they haven't really done anything yet. You know, you know what I mean. So, um, it'll well, be they have. See what happens next year when stuff actually starts to happen? Yeah, on fair pay agreements. I mean, MPs sat really long hours this week. The House went into urgency on Tuesday as the government sort of tried to make inroads on its 100-day plan. It's repealed the Reserve Bank's dual mandate. It's repealed fair pay agreements and it was cracking on with repealing the clean car discount. So they are really trying to make inroads there. All right, guys, we'll leave it there. But thank you very much for that and your efforts during the year and to all the other political editors that have joined us for the political panel. It has been a lot of fun. Uh, Very good. Thank you very much. That was Annika Smith, RNZ political reporter and Stuff political editor, Luke Malpas. Much appreciated.